Funny Looks, the podcast where I talk to performers about the clothes they wear with special guest, comedian, writer and style icon, Alex Mandel Dalal. How are you? Hi, um, I am very good. I am. I, it's a, a, a Monday afternoon on the bank holiday and I am feeling very good. Very good. Positive vibes positive vibes um I was so happy to meet you at a gig uh in London I think it was like a week ago it feels like longer and as soon as I like saw you on stage I was like oh my god I actually need to speak to you about your clothes because I think I like noticed them even before you went on stage I noticed your like Nike Air Max and then the top you were wearing as well, like coordinated with the colours. And I was like, there has been some thought put into this. A look is being served. I mean, that. so I've got like my my clothes. Actually, that Monday, because it was like, it was a new material night mm-hmm. where we were gigging. Um, and that was, um, I kind of have like pre-made <laughs> outfits. <laughs> Because that's like my ultimate summer outfit. And it was really hot last Monday for some reason. It was like the last day of heat ahead of like the autumn kind of seasonal change. Um, and I remember I was like, I'm, I tried to think practically. And I also tried to think like um, I, there's a possibility of going on stage because I actually wasn't technically on the lineup. Um, I was meeting someone ahead of, um, ahead of that gig and they said, oh, there might be room on the lineup, but there might not be. So I was like, okay. So this is an outfit to meet someone and this is an outfit to potentially go on stage. Um, but it's also like, it's not usually a performance outfit, but um, it's also a favorite outfit. So I would wear it both performing and outside of performing. Oh my God. I had no idea that this outfit had, <laughs> like seriously had so many like layers to it and you had to kind of, it's like a maybe performing outfit. Wow. You, you pulled out the bag. <laughs> Truly. Um. I actually had an outfit last night, oh no, two nights ago, where I had to wear it to a 12-step recovery meeting and then to a punk gig. Oh my God, <laughs> I love those I love those evenings when you've got like something like really serious to do, but then also something, you've got to somehow coordinate an outfit. Like the, the logistics of outfits and is not spoken about enough. Do you ever like carry like a slight change in your bag? So like you're wearing like one outfit and then you carry like an extra outfit or do you, do you normally do what you did on that Monday where you were like, right, let's think about this. 100%. <laughs> of course. Like you, you have to, as a performer, you absolutely have to. Like I had an experience recently, which has now since luckily become a joke because it's, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. 
I um, was going to a gig and I was wearing a pink jumpsuit to go to that gig. But I also um, was cycling there and I have a pink helmet. So and I also wear to time myself. I have a pink watch. So what I'd done was I'd got on my bike wearing an entire pink outfit with a pink helmet. And so like and I I initially like when I wear the pink jumpsuit, like it's like I joke that I look like a vagina. But then when I was on my bike, I realized that I didn't I no longer look like a vagina because I had the helmet on. I then looked like a penis. And then I've kind of made the joke about when I'm going, when I'm leaning forward, I'm a sad penis. And when I'm standing up, I'm a happy penis. And wait, so were you, um, were you going to a gig to watch or like going to a gig to like perform in the pink boiler suit? To perform. But the the lesson learned from that is like you, you also kind of have to coordinate the logistics of getting there, potentially changing into the outfit. Or like if you're going there, like think, okay, wait, there's going to be people of the public with no context are going to see you. And they're just going to, sometimes it is better to coordinate the outfit there. So you always need a change of, I I feel like I always need a change of clothes um, going from like work and go and then going to gigs and then getting to gigs. And there's also like probably in between bits, if you've got a serious thing happening in between work, the gig and the gig, which also happens sometimes as well work funeral then gig you're just absolutely fucked (laughs) it's like I can't carry this much I'm sorry I can't um I feel like I've sort of noticed a bit of a color palette with you and your Instagram and like your like fringe flyer so you did a fringe show it was let she be and friends at just the tonic and that color scheme was like almost pastely and then I've noticed that yeah the color schemes that you go for are quite like pastely colors is that like a conscious decision or is that just something you're drawn to that is definitely a conscious decision even if it's like subconscious (laughs) but like everything in my wardrobe wardrobe has become a pastel color in recent years just um especially during the pandemic I think I kind of had a color realization I was like I surrounded myself by things that made me feel good and realized that pastel colors just really make me feel good and at the time I was decorating my flat so the majority of my flat is also like past very discreetly pastel colored walls as well so um my wardrobe has become that also like if I if I, I caught during lockdown I also color coordinated color coordinated my wardrobe because that's what you did when you had so much free time on your hands <laughs> and so now I'm just like what pastel color do I want to go with today but the the, the out but the outfit for the um the fringe is a was a whole thing in itself so what was the kind of process then so um did you have a specific stage outfit that you wore every day? Yeah, and that was the first time because I think that you probably experienced the same thing. Like it's, it's your, your, is that your uniform, your costume, isn't it? And then like you become the character when you kind of get on stage, even though the character is probably an extension of you, um, unless you're doing a character, which in case you're, you're doing a character. Um, and so I, for the first time, kind of really thought thought about that and then also thought about um it had to be my existing wardrobe because I didn't want to buy something new specifically for that because then it wouldn't feel like it was authentically me because when I perform I am myself I'm not performing as someone else um and that was really like I, I was thinking about a mixture of uh comfort so I just feel comfortable on stage you don't want like wardrobe malfunctions on stage like a cheeky nip slip nobody wants that (laughs) nobody wants that I've had like I have a jumpsuit that I've worn previously that um I spit the butt (laughs) and you don't want that you don't want like there's a bit like it's like a minor split but like wrong angle right lights that's a disaster um (laughs) 
and then it's it's gonna it's gonna make you feel good and so like that the outfit for the fringe was like my favorite outfit yet and like sometimes when I'm feeling really fancy I wear it out not on stage just beyond the stage Ooh, is that the one like it's a co-ord it's like the brightly yes. colored co-ord and it's like a jacket and trousers with like different sections of the clothing is like different pastel color yeah yeah, yeah. so wait, have I got both of them on my on my Instagram so here is news flash I haven't told you this but I realized I totally like walked past you when I was flyering and like clocked your outfit in the fringe. Like we didn't know each other at that point. Oh my god! But I like walked past you a couple of times, and I was like, I love that outfit so much, you know. And I was like flyering in my outfit. My outfit wasn't as cool. It was more like, like lounge singer cabaret, like piano tie suit, you know. Whereas like your one is like an outfit that I would like probably wear, you know, like to look cool. <laughs> So I don't totally. So I was like, basically, after we met that gig and we like um, connected on social media, I was like looking. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I've seen. Oh, this that's outfit. so funny! I love that. <laughs> I love that when minds come together. But yeah, do you ever feel like so? Your fringe outfit. You chose like a favorite outfit to make you feel like good when you're doing like different kinds of comedy nights do you ever like have like a different like thought process yeah a hundred percent definitely um I I realized as I talk to you I'm like I always say a hundred percent oh same <laughs> I think that means that we both keep saying it then <laughs> limited vocabulary we're just yelling a hundred percent back at each other and we won't actually say any words hundred percent oh my god hundred percent oh my god 100%. literally a hundred percent no I <laughs> I can't stop. I don't know where I first heard it. I think it was Love Island. It really expresses what we're trying to say. Though. Well, we're both like passionate about clothes. So like we, when we say 100%, we do like really mean it. You know, a lot of thought has gone into what we wear. So 100%. I can't remember. I can't remember the question. This podcast is not known for its um kind of linear flow. It's not really known for being a very... um. It's basically got ADHD vibes, so I apologise. I love that. Then that this me and the podcast are aligned. (laughs) There is no consistency within me myself. I was totally gonna put that on my Instagram bio. I was thinking of putting uh, inconsistent, inconsistently consistent. That's consistently inconsistent. That is good. I like when people don't have like their like. like their jobs or projects and they have something that's witty I really like that um I can't think of anything so I just have like like too much information (laughs) like there's too many links there's too much going on I I change it all the time I feel like I'm at an early stage an early an early stage of my career enough to be like um play around with it and just whatever feels right in that moment I guess maybe it's just like you'll all you'll always look at the bio but then instantly look at the feed mm-hmm. and the feed might change over time as well so I haven't got there's no consistency within my feed either apparently there's a color scheme which I love to learn <laughs> but there I, yeah totally did that on purpose p.s yeah um <laughs> no exactly what I'm yes. doing yeah it's funny looks yeah it's funny looks yeah it's funny looks yeah it's funny looks yeah um, question was are there any sort of gigs where you change up what you're gonna wear that was the question I remembered finally um yes yes definitely 
Um, so we've got so many, we probably, you're on the circuit as well. There's so much variety in the gigs that we do. Um, I'm quite regularly doing, uh, I'd regularly do gong shows. Um, and with them, I play around with my outfit to add a joke to it. So that's why the, where the pink jumpsuit joke kind of came from. And now I've kept on adding onto that pink jumpsuit joke. Uh, it's also a look, I guess, like to wear a pink jumpsuit is a bit of a statement. Um, I don't want it to define me or be my thing, but um, I know there's actually some amazing female comedians out there um, that are that jumpsuits become have become their thing. I think jumpsuits could be everyone's things, but I definitely always, I, well, I'm probably about 80% of the time wearing jumpsuits. It just varies as to which jumpsuits I'm wearing. And also, if I've got a joke to match on with a jumpsuit, you can't come on. <laughs> I feel strongly that you can't come on stage, stage wearing a really bold outfit and not acknowledge it. That's where I've gone wrong. I went on stage in like a <laughs> leopard sorry. print jumpsuit and I was like, why has this gig gone so fucking bad? And I was wearing like a pink wig as well. <laughs> and I just... You didn't acknowledge any of it? I'm... <laughs> I, I love I, that. I thought the opposite. I was like, like, do you know what? Just like you do you, babes. But I think what you're saying is like really like how I should have approached it. Well, no. <laughs> then again, saying that, saying that like that. Okay. I say that. I think that specifically for my act. Sorry, I'm using speech <laughs> quotation marks with my fingers. This is a podcast and not visual. Um, for my act, because it's observational. I can't come on and observe things about the world and myself and not observe the fact that I'm wearing a fluorescent pink jumpsuit you know like you um that's that that's specifically then for me but then saying that there could be an act that comes on and that and your show is about what you're talking about not necessarily and you've created a character automatically and it's so obvious that you don't actually need to acknowledge your outfit so in that sense I actually think that there are exceptions to the rule but in for my comedy and what I'm doing, which is constantly like assessing essentially myself and observing mainly things about myself in the hope to make other people laugh. Um, I have to be very conscious um, of what I want to be very conscious of, like seeing what the audience is seeing and acknowledging it or, or saying something about it before they think it. Um, or just, yeah, just as a, a quick off the bat, like we can all see it. Let's talk about it. It's the elephant in the room. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, and with you sort of mentioned that with gong shows, you do often wear the pink boiler suit and reference it as like at the start. Do you feel like at gong shows there is an extra need to make people like like you very, very quickly? It's not even I mean, you always want people. I don't know if you I don't know if everyone mm. wants everyone to like them. They just want you want to make them mm. laugh. Um, in gong shows, there is the um, I think there's more of a formula of like you've got to make people laugh quickly. Um, so I found that the, the pink jumpsuits just, it serves me, um, in those particular shows. Cause I can make, there's a, a joke there. Um, it has nearly, I said it's nearly worked every time, but at the same time I panicked. I did a, I really died at a gong show recently and it's usually like within a certain amount of my set that I'll start talking about my outfit and I'll, I'll have a, about a couple minutes beforehand and I was dying already as soon as I got on stage and I was just like, ah, pink jumpsuit. Ah, and I just like made it, tried to make a joke about it and it just didn't work. And I was like, oh no. Cause I essentially tried to use it as an extra proper weapon because maybe at a later stage I won't have to do that. But at the same time, like I do wear jumpsuits. Mm -hmm. So with every set that I do, not, not necessarily just with, with uh, gong shows, I want there to be a huge, it's a part of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and becomes part of my identity. And I think on stage, I'm an exaggerated version of myself. So there's a really fun opportunity there to wear all the clothes that you're like, can I wear this? <laughs> it's like, now I can, because this is the maybe the extreme version of myself that you won't see in the office. You know, it's the version of myself that I, I want to be and I want to express that I might not felt like confident enough to be able to do in everyday life. So there is an advantage of working so hard and doing comedy that you're like, right, fine. I'm going to wear this then. That's the, time, that's the exact time to wear it. Yeah, I love like um, taking stuff on stage that I wouldn't necessarily wear off stage. But then I think sometimes once you've worn something on stage, um, it depends on the outfit. But once you've worn something on stage, you can like bring it into your personal life, you know, with that like added confidence. Like I remember I was in like a punk band and I had this like black latex dress and... I can't remember which way round this was actually. I might be telling this wrong. Okay. I wore it to do a punk gig, but I also wore it to my grandmother's 80th. <laughs> like this black latex dress. But actually, as I was saying that, I was like, actually, did I wear it to the 80th first? I can understand this though. Wait, okay. Can I ask questions about this? Because for the punk gig, were you, were you going um, uh, like no tights, and bare skin underneath and for the and for the uh actually no can you tell me more before I just assume um I don't know what your na say your nan's eight wait so your grandma's yeah yeah so please context please (laughs) (laughs) no judgment either way please Uh, you've misjudged this podcast do you find that you um have you found that comedy (laughs) has meant like you has it changed the dating landscape for you um it gave me something else to kind of (laughs) focus on I guess well not like that's not why I took up comedy but like any art form anything that you start focusing on you then don't focus all of your thoughts on another thing you know it's um so for dating I guess it has kind of worked in my favor because I guess well I can be so the the, the juxtaposition juxtapose no the I'm saying too many things at once <laughs> she's overwhelmed by her own thoughts um <laughs> can take a deep breath <laughs> we've, we've gone through so much because i feel like we've both got so much to say all the time what was the question <laughs> <laughs> when two adhd people get together i love that i haven't um, even told you that i have adhd say- have i did i say it in my set oh sorry well i said i think like i said um I said there's got an ADHD energy on this podcast and you said that is aligned with me. So I just, do you have it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how much people were talking about it in Edinburgh. I think a lot of people got the diagnosis uh, during, during lockdowns and a lot of people were talking about it. And I love that. And I love that it was just something that brought, <laughs> made me feel connected to a lot of, specifically, I think female comedians, a lot of male and female and whatever you identify as a lot of people were talking about it um but I got like I don't know when you got diagnosed but I got diagnosed in lockdowns and when I was um, in my 30s so that was quite uh to get that late diagnosis was a big thing for me um that I've just kind of been navigating both in and out of comedy so um it was still I think that's 
I love it when moments like this happen when you're just kind of like, of course we both got ADHD. I tried to get a diagnosis, but the form <laughs> the form was delivered in August. And it, they, like when I was in Edinburgh, and they were like, you need to fill this in by this date. So I got back from the fridge and I sent it off. But I think it might be um, late. But I was saying on a previous podcast, that might mean that they give me the diagnosis if they go well she's (laughs) clearly can't do that but yeah um yeah it's I think like the biggest thing I don't know if you get this is like emotional dysregulation so like getting really high and like hyperactive especially about like creative projects and like gigs and doing loads of stuff and like not I don't know if this is part of it but like just like being on on the run almost or like being in this like hyper state and then yeah basically suddenly like crashing and being like oh my god I've literally been emotionally dysregulated like it was a fun time you know yeah (laughs) but how did you find it in Edinburgh as well um in Edinburgh I would basically fly it do my show and then sometimes go and see other shows but a lot of the time if I wasn't doing anything at night I would go to bed yeah I could have I just, how long you were there for the whole month yeah um did you find it overwhelming at times all your senses and uh, I don't know if it's an ADHD theory or just a, a Edinburgh Fringe thing there's just so many exciting things going on at any given time this is the reason I ask but that you're just like oh all those things I want to do them all the time then I'm like and I'm sick like I was got so overexcited by like seeing like friends seeing like my family came at one point all the shows and then doing my show but then flowering for my show but then realizing that I haven't posted on social media and then it's like and it was like and then I was like oh I'm so like I don't even know if it like felt overwhelming but it definitely like at the time because it was just like you just go 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 but it was like relatively over was pretty overwhelming at times overwhelming seems negative because it was um, I don't know about you but it was a very positive experience but like it's just that there's so much happening in such a short period of time. Yeah, the I knew that I would get overwhelmed like before going into it because I've like done it a couple of times before and I know my brain. So I was trying quite hard. I was like, look, just be aware like your social battery will go to zero very, very quickly. So I spent a lot of time. People be like, what are you up to tonight? I'd be like... <laughs> I'm going to go and lie in a dark room, you know, like that was what I did a lot. But I did go and see a lot of shows. And then there were a couple of weeks in the middle where I didn't really go and see as much. And I did just kind of prioritize that. But I was like, I'm so boring right now. Like, I really respect that. I think that, that that's just nurturing yourself mm-hmm. in that moment. I think you need to because there are times you're like, oh, that thing, so many things. <laughs> Even watching a show takes energy. It does. It takes up emotional energy and physical energy in like equal measure, I think. And um, the flyering as well. How did you find like flyering your own show? Um, I tried to keep it to, uh, I was flyering every day. I tried to keep it to like an hour and a half before the show, but I had quite an early show. Um, And then... I also tried to, when wherever I was, whatever I was doing, still promote the show. So have the flyers on me at all times. If I'm in a queue for somewhere talking and someone's standing behind me, I try to talk to them. Or if I sit down on my own in a show, I try to tell that person about it because I couldn't just like 
flyer all the time I think that takes so much energy from you but at the same time it's such a important part of it um and it's very different to flyering everywhere else I think people don't it, it's especially when you're promoting your own show um I've always been able to promote and that's that was a whole interesting thing for me to observe as well because I was like I can I've been told that I could sell ice to Eskimos from a sales perspective um but then suddenly promoting my own show seemed like the the maddest thing to do I'm sorry there is a bird <laughs> that is just upside down can I show it to you what? I don't know if you can see that what can you see that <laughs> Yeah. oh my god that's, that's so weird it's like its head is facing down yeah the it's oh oh it just flew to... away wow yeah sorry you know it's very <laughs> distracted but i was like you've got to see this like, this is a... <laughs> that was mad um what's is it a blackbird no one for sorrow two for joy magpie, what, what, magpie. oh sorry one sorrow you've just given me sorrow as well sorry because <laughs> i've seen one you've seen one Gutted. That's me with sorrow now. For well, life. I'll keep an eye out. See if keep, but, keep but, an eye out. If another one comes, then you can move your camera again. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see two, and there'll be joy. Yeah. yeah. And then just if you see any others, you just don't tell me about it. Okay. Yeah, and then, but good. you've got to apparently you've got to salute the magpie, and then it all it's all vetoed. I don't know things oh that I. Oh my god. You can tell that we're like not superstitious people, <laughs> but like just sort of like half-assed. Half-assed <laughs> superstition. It's a yeah, funny way to be. Way. <laughs> clubs, clubber, gums, stuff, clubs, clubber, I can't get enough, no. I, you were just saying that you started doing comedy and it helped to, for you to give energy to comedy and like not give as much energy to things like dating was kind of the vibe. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, for that I was um, specifically talking about like focusing on art and it that I think that goes with anything in in my life if I notice that I'm being negative about something I am or something's not working it's probably because um something's wrong and so I then have to assess like what's going on in my life to know what's wrong and then if you I think if you've got other things going on you're not focus honing in on one thing then it can only have a positive outcome, especially if it's like uh, a outlet for you. So it doesn't have to necessarily be, I, I specifically said, like an art form, but like how, whatever your outlet is. Um, I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine who's an artist because um, I was like, have, like various things were happening over the, at the end of that first lockdown where I was kind of struggling um, with like mental health and various other things, which I think a lot of us were. And that was like the first lockdowns when I started focusing, properly focusing on comedy. I was dabbling before and it has, and I've just, it's done nothing but serve me. So it's actually, so if I have an, in in relation to dating specifically, I love it. I love the link to it now because if I have a bad date, which I've had many of, it's, I'm just like, huh, that was ridiculous. And now there's a potential story there. And I think that um, men react very differently to me being a man. Yeah, so at the moment, I, I just date men. Uh, open to anything, though, no. Um, <laughs> just putting that out there into the universe. Um, uh, Put it out there. You've got, like, rainbow flags behind you. Yeah. So, you know, in your decor. I know this is an audio podcast. Oh, yeah, some just so everybody flags. knows. Right now, in the background of Alex's <laughs> flat, <laughs> there is a rainbow flag. It's actually a mirror as well. Oh, great. 
there are a lot other rainbows in my life. Yeah, my shoes that you saw. Oh, um, they were great. The Nike Air Max. Limited the edition. The, yeah, Air Max 90s give you a little bit. We spoke about this at the bar. Yeah. Uh, we bonded over this. They give you a nice, they give you a little bit of a, a heel. You got a little bit of extra hype with them. They make me feel cool instantly because they are just a cool shoe. Yeah. Like, and you get, I don't know, you can still do like the bright color thing. I've got like an all black pair that I wear when I'm trying to be like cool techno gal. You know, like nice. in winter yeah, I wear like all yeah. black and then Air Max and. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what, I mean, is it 90 because I'm I went to the trainer exhibition at the design museum which was oh incredible God. which was like the journey it was um my, I think it was this time last year maybe a bit maybe a bit longer ago longer ago is that a sentence anyway um <laughs> you're asking the wrong person I just said well, I you what, know comedy dating vibes that was the vibe <laughs> of what you were saying there earlier that was well, a sentence that I just said so <laughs> Um, yeah, I respect. Either way, if it sounds right, just say it. And then if it sounds wrong, acknowledge that it sounds wrong and keep saying it. <laughs> forever. Um, forever and ever. Amen. No, I, yeah, that, it taught me the history of trainers and wow. the fact that um, even like it was, I think it was called the history of sneakers or something along those lines. And you know, a sneaker's called a sneaker because um, they were designed so that, because um, other shoes were so loud so that you could sneak, you could sneak up on, on up on people, and you, people wouldn't hear you. That's why they're called sneakers. That sounds like you just made it, it up. It does. It does. Uh, I'll have to Google it, but I read it in the exhibition. I might have even taken a picture of that fact because I was like, "Ha, huh, great." Um, so, on a scale of one to ten, what do you think the Air Max ninety is like? This isn't a sentence either. What am I saying? What level of sneak? Does the Air Max 90, are they a loud shoe or? Oh, I never even thought about that. I've got some squeaky shoes though. You got squeaky mm. shoes? They're usually like the newer the shoe or like there are some shoes that have design faults that um, have a <coughs> whenever you walk on them. A uh, pair of Doc Martens that my mum made me wear to school when I was like six or not six, slightly old enough to feel shame. Uh, oh god <laughs> what a way to define your ages when i was old enough to i already shame. had the toxic shame passed down but old enough to be aware of it so maybe like eight or nine my mum got me low doc martens which by the way are the cool indie fuckboy shoe at this point yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> if a guy's way, yeah. wearing them i think they look hot anyway i was wearing them to school and like, everyone thought i was a weirdo for wearing them and then i went to a new school and my mum said here have the doc martin boots Everyone's wearing Timberlands. Everyone's wearing Adidas three stripe. Again, I yeah. got fucking bullied for in these shoes. And now in the circles that I'm in, that means you're a like certified ledge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm kids just like, so mean. tell kids, these kids. Yeah, kids are so mean and so fickle. And like, it really, I do remember like all, this, the, all the <laughs> shoes I wore as a kid and then being like, huh, or like, um, I remember Green Flash. We were like, those are the trainers <gasps> that you're allowed to Dunlop. wear. They were d- so you could either wear plimp soles or green flash when I was at school, and yes. n- then in the like, in the late noughties or like I remember when it was like, yeah, about late noughties that green flash then made like a really big comeback. And well, I don't yes. even think they were ever cool. I don't think it was a comeback. I think they they became cool, and I was like, oh man, I had like five pairs of them. Like <laughs> no one cared, and they had different different colors of flash. They had like yes, blue flash and red I flash. Some. I had yeah. like ones that were like, I want to say like pink and like a light 
beige. Oh, nice. I was trying to be, I was trying to be edgy. It's like, babes, just get the original. Like the original green oh, no. flash are the best. I love you know? that you did that. I love that for you, <laughs> young you. Yeah, but this all this time you're just demonstrating that you're going against the flow. Like I wish, I mean, I, I think I do that more now than I ever have. But growing up as a kid, I would have always been like, well, that's not in fashion, so I'm not going to wear it. And we, I think, a lot of kids were guilty of doing that unless you had like cool hippie parents, and then you were probably bullied for having cool hippie parents and wearing whatever you wanted to wear anyway because kids are so mean. Um, not all kids. Hashtag not all kids. <laughs> Um, but a lot of kids lines from you today um oh god we were we are uh, tangents <laughs> hashtag wait. golden tangents <laughs> wait tangents of so gold you were talking about yeah you sort of talked about starting comedy and it just being a positive thing for you um I guess yeah like um we also talked about like the gong show and how you wore like a boiler suit for that and that's sort of a, an example of when you've worn like specific clothes for a gig um is there any is there anything that you've worn that you've like not felt was the right choice I mean you mentioned like (laughs) you had a boiler suit that split split the butt I mean not practically in terms of like how it's made you feel prior to like any like wardrobe malfunction like something that you've been like "Mm, this wasn't like an okay choice um well, okay, so my my Edinburgh outfit, I loved so much. And I was like, that is my, that is what I'm going to wear for Edinburgh. And like, there's a story behind it as well, which I'll, I'll say in a minute. Um, but halfway through the show, some guy came up to me after the show and he was like, was the lifting, pulling up the trousers part of it? Because they were a bit too big for you. And I was just like, oh, you have noticed something that I did not notice. Um, and it wasn't it, so um, after time the trousers stretched because I just I could like I was like I was only wearing them every day for like two hours for the record I wasn't just wearing really dirty trousers whatever dudes wear trousers for like I know I once met a guy that never washed his trousers his jeans a lot I think a lot of people do that anyway so I was wearing these trousers and I didn't realize they'd kind of stretched but that actually distracted someone from my performance and it he actually questioned it so that made me think that's actually that although I love the outfit and it does add to the persona I even acknowledge it at the beginning of my sh- I even acknowledged it at the beginning of my show that was uh worked against me because that would have and I remember um if we're talking about wardrobe malfunctions I remember watching Fleabag like four five years ago now when um it came back after the first season, maybe the second, it went back to Edinburgh and I saw it, I think it was the underbelly. And the girl that was performing it, she kept on pulling up her trousers. You just sit there like the, um, the there's just a one woman show and she just sits there and tells a story. And if anyone's not seen the actual show, uh, the original show, um, but the actress kept pulling up her trousers. And I was like, is that part of the character? And I don't think it was. I think it was the actress. And that distracted from the performance, distracted me from the performance the same way as it, uh, as the guy that was watching the show was like, was that part of it? And I was like, was not part of it. It um, So in that sense, yeah, like there have, that was in my, uh, fr- from my perspective, that was a wardrobe malfunction. Because after that, I was like, I can't shrink the trousers and they won't look good with a belt. <laughs> so I opted to to keep the baggy trousers and just tried to be conscious of the fact that I was putting them up because I didn't want to have my um, 
my midriff out. Midriff <laughs> makes me sound like an old woman, right? Like, I, who says midriff? Um, but I do say midriff. Um, I didn't want to have my tummy out. That's not my vibe. Like, uh, just having my... I think some people would look fabulous and do that. It's not what I... It's not my look. So I think that I was uh, subconsciously covering up my tummy because, like, the look is high-waisted trousers with a um, uh, kind of fitted string top, but it isn't, like, with my stomach out. It's just not... That wouldn't have been the look. So I think I was maybe covering that up and that would have worked against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that it was a guy that said that, though. Like, yeah. Like, the amount of guys giving me feedback on shit that really is just... You know, it's just like, you know what? Oh, I definitely got something to add <laughs> I to that. Like, I said, you know what, and then just sighed into the mic. No, no, no. I, but you've said it all in doing... In saying that, you've said it all. Honestly, it the amount of people was... that will listen back to that and be like, yeah... It was mainly, do you know, no, the, what, what it was, oh God, I just forgot how to speak there. Um, what it was, was I used to wear like these pink love hot sunglasses for flyering because I didn't want people to see into my soul. <laughs> <laughs> and this kind of old American guy, I feel like rude calling him old. How old is An he? older American man in his like later years in his life um he was like hey i a little tip for you and i was like oh here we here go, we go. You know i mean yeah. i think it was like week three i was just like here we fucking go and then he goes like you shouldn't like cover your eyes when you're flyering it disconnects you from the audience i was like i think you've misjudged me like that is the point of these sunglasses yeah and i would recommend anybody doing the fringe get yourself a pair of <laughs> fun sunglasses if you're fun glasses Fun glasses, oh my god, yes. Wow, I didn't even think of that in the whole month. It's all yours. You've taught me so much. I'm gonna get That's you yours. You've taught me about reference if, wearing, <laughs> reference if you're wearing a crazy outfit, point one, and fun glasses, point two. There we go. I've learned so much. Um, but yeah, just just a guy giving some I'm feedback. But do you want to know what? I'm the idiot because I walked past him wearing them the next day. I, I said sorry. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I didn't do anything good for, for feminism in that moment. No, I know. Oh, my God. I know, but I totally... The amount of unsolicited <laughs> advice... Unsolicited is the word. Um, because, so, you know, the show on Monday, I'm going to... This is a very similar story, and I'm sure that there'll be a lot of other people out there, uh, comedians that have... That, the same things happened to them. Um, I did the show, You Saw My Set, uh, in yeah, within great. there is a joke about me um I, I objectify myself and I acknowledge such objectifying myself by talking about um uh having a cracking pair of tits and it's a joke and I say it and then I say don't look at my tits and then I look away from the audience and it's it's <laughs> without context not funny but um with context absolutely hilarious come see me Alex Mandela and I'm joking <laughs> it absolutely kills it's like it and, kills the whole point is I, I do the joke and then I um, I take apart the joke. So at the end of that set, do you remember the, um, I'm going to, I'm not going to name him, but I'm going to describe what he looked like. Do you remember the older man that was sitting on the side um, uh, wearing the red, wearing the red suit and he, he wasn't, he wasn't performing. He was meant to be performing the next week. Oh yeah, I do remember that guy. Name yeah. begins with J. Right, okay. I'm just not yeah. going to be that guy that, but okay so he came up to me so um, I 
I, as a performer, as a comedian, I never want to take the piss out of other people. I like to take the piss out of myself. Um, and my reasons for, for doing that is so that if I can laugh at myself, hopefully someone else might see similarities and be able to give themselves a sense of relief for something that maybe they felt a sense of relief for their wobblies. That was also like the main point of well, a big part of my uh, Edinburgh show. Anyway, so I don't like taking the piss out of other people. But in that instance, his outfit was red and white. The background of the show was red and the background of the um, the, the pullout branding thing. Oh, my God, what am I thinking? The sign on the uh, which was our, all of our backgrounds for that show was red and white. So I said, you can't perform tonight. In the, in the show, I called him out because I was having issues with the mic stand. I was like, you can't you can't perform tonight because you would just um, you would just camouflage and we wouldn't be able to see you. And it wasn't even taking the piss. It was just observing the fact that his outfit and because he also had white hair, it was exactly the same color as the background. So straight after that, um, it was the break. And I instantly went up to him and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry that I did that. But um, I just had to acknowledge it because you are wearing the same exactly the same colors as the background. And um, and then he goes, can I give you a bit of advice? And I was like, oh, here we go. A story of my life. You can see if any for just for a description. Amelia has just rubbed her head just in, underst- in deep understanding <laughs> of what I'm saying. No, yeah. I literally was like, I've had to rub my forehead in like stress, getting a stress headache. Yeah, yeah. It's just I get like, fucking stress yeah. headache. Yeah, because, yeah, because you... you, you I, this is, I just realised now, you've just given me enough observation. I mean, that's why I'm doing stressful situations. That's what, yeah, because it's, it's just rub like... the forehead, you're just like, oh, my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, so he comes up and he goes, can I give you some advice? And I say, well, I always, so I love feedback. So I'll always listen to feedback. I'll always hear it. So, um, I was like, go on, even though I'm just like, I have no doubt that this is going to be something that I don't want to hear, but still, I'm just curious. Um, he goes a bit of advice for you to make that joke better. You should get your tits out. Fucking hell. Yeah, he really said Fucking that. And hell. I and I think is I now um I want to talk about that because it happened. I felt instant because I acknowledge my appearance in my show. I um well I'm always conscious of the outfits I'm wearing when I make that joke, because most of the time I cover up my breasts. I'm saying breasts instead of tits because it's making a point out of something. And in that instant he felt like he could say that to me. Um, also totally missed the point of the joke, which pissed me off even more because he claimed to be a comedian. I don't know if he was actual comedian, but, um, he was trying to do comedy and I was just like, you, but from that, okay. So that's just an, an example of something horrible happening from that. I've now added an additional bit to my joke because now I can add that. And I mean, I actually, I actually did it the next day at a show which was a competition and I wasn't it wasn't ready it isn't ready yet it's gonna be a great joke but like it's yeah. just the fact that I can't believe he did that after I was like oh I objectified myself and then I then he objectified me um in a way that yeah in a kind of form of verbal abuse uh but you know it's not cool but we the thing is I have to be the resilience that I've built from comedy it's like when someone says something like that to you it's not I think I instantly was quite shocked, but then I was like, okay, that was horrible. So then I acknowledged it to the people surrounding me that didn't hear him say it at the time. And then now I've got the strength to be able to be like, yes, like, I don't know if this is what comedy's given me, but to be like, huh, that's now a joke. And now I can use that 
that's my uh, superpower now in a way so you can turn something like that which could probably stop a lot of people in their tracks and be like oh you've just verbally abused me but for me I'm just like no that's now I'm going to acknowledge that because things like that do happen if not to me then to someone else um and so that someone can hear that and then maybe they'll be able to see um get find themselves in a situation like that and not feel like they're suddenly weakened and they're actually they can uh, be stronger from it yeah yeah I'm sorry that you had to experience that from that guy I'm not the only person that would have experienced things like that and we've changed the vibe of the podcast oh dear <laughs> whoopsie 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 <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah that happens um, you know and I think I'm gonna talk about it because it's like I think that's that's again another reason why I'm doing comedy I think we need to talk about things like that happening because otherwise everyone just gets silent what would you say like your comedy brand is as a performer like if you were to sort of summarize like your angle and your vibe um so i think that the the i'm still fully defining it because i'm in relatively early stage of my career but i think my what I want to create is um, to somehow bring people joy and uplift them uh, to give them a sense of relief for their, um, I said before, sense of relief for their wobblies. Like, and that's actually just, like super ambitious, <laughs> I think, but um, to, like, to make them feel um, comforted and connected um, and then some, as a result of that, somehow elevated. Um, I think what well, I say that, but that's actually very clear to me. Yeah, to bring people joy. I can repeat that again, but I'm not going to. But yeah, I love that. Um, I really like when people talk about like their yeah, like moments, like more painful moments, but kind of turn it around. Um, and yeah, I I do personally get that relief when I hear other people talk about themselves in like an intimate way like I like comedy that that has got that like personal vibe to it um and do you feel like in wanting to sort of uplift people that does reflect the clothes that you wear because they are quite bright and like fun so like you're talking about some personal things but you've got these like these outfits that signify this sort of joy and things like that absolutely yeah, and that's because I get joy from pastel colours. Like, and I said that at the beginning. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds, seems like, and I, um, well, like, I, I'll explain a bit more about the concept of my show, but um, I joke about calling it a basic bitches and bastards guide to a breakdown. Um, <laughs> so good. Because, like, things like something as simple as being like, I'm wearing pastel colours, so everyone's going to feel better before I talk about some deep shit, you know? Like, and it's, um, because, yeah, so the, so that is actually really, really important. And I, I did think about that a lot when I was um, developing my show. I thought about the whole I joke about the mise en scène. Um, so like the surroundings. So like um, so my show is the, the concept of my show is me talking the audience through a breakdown that I had um, in uh, January 2021. And I, uh, I explicitly say like, I'm not saying that my breakdown's any different to anyone else. But the difference between your breakdown and my breakdown is when it was happening, I decided to record it. Um, and that's from a personal development perspective. I thought it would be a good idea to learn more about myself in so choosing to record it um, 
And then when I did listen back to it six months later, I realised it actually wasn't, I thought it would be the meaning of life, and I realised it actually wasn't the meaning of life, but it was, in fact, um, very funny. So my way of kind of, um, I think, not regaining control over that moment, but my way of, I think the most authentic thing I could possibly do was by playing that out to the audience and then us kind of analysing that together. Um, And that hopefully, and then when I say giving people a sense of relief for their wobblies, because like, everyone had I, I my joke is like well everyone had a lockdown breakdown I feel like if you didn't have a lockdown breakdown then you weren't doing it right <laughs> uh, yeah 100% 100%, 100%. <laughs> like that isn't 100% like genuine 100% yeah. do you know what I mean like it's, it's if you disagree with that, that it's just our dialogue it's just the way that we talk but, it, like, no, but that one actually is like that is the correct use of 100% because sometimes all like people be like oh yeah like I really love like um I really love like Mr. Whippy ice cream, like rather than like, you know, I the sort of stuff that's got like the chocolates in it, like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. Like <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's like that's too much. You don't need to say that in that context. But for your thing, that was appropriate. <laughs> but still a hundred percent. I mean it's still just like a you're because like sometimes it's like Mr. Whippy is just really good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. I love it. Um, I actually ate out of the fringe. Side note, like, that was, like, one of my coping mechanisms was this, like, vintage sweet shop, Mr. Whippy machine. Guy. I could talk about Mr. If, if this was a podcast this about was a Mr. food, <laughs> I, would then, I would then go on to talk about Mr. Whippies because, um, firstly, <laughs> I heard that... No, is it... I'm still going to talk about it, apparently. Yeah, no, still do it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a sip of coffee. Probably not a good idea because I'm already, like, hyperactive, but it's fine. I'm just going to... You do you. <laughs> Are you drinking coffee out of a jar? Just to... Just, just, <laughs> just need to acknowledge that. Sorry. For anyone that can't, that can't see what's happening right now because it's a podcast, <laughs> Amelia is drinking coffee out of a jar. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> no, no. You Please elaborate. <laughs> the people want to know. No, it's... I made a cafetiere this morning, right? I didn't want to waste it. And there was still some left that wasn't hot, so I thought, I'll just put it in the fridge and then it'll be cold brew. But I don't think that's how it actually counts, but... Uh, I'm yeah, not a coffee a drinker, but that seems legit to me. It's that's in a jar. It's not one like not. For a while, these jars were quite like popular. You know, everyone's drinking out jam jars and stuff, but... Yeah, is that why you bought said, it? Yes, that is a job. I just told you my entire fucking life story. Like you didn't need to I know liked that it, it was no. a cafeteria. Like you didn't need to know that like that was the method. Like, You're just an everyday girl waking <laughs> up and having a coffee, you know, <laughs> saving the planet by keeping that coffee and not making new coffee. I respect that. I don't drink coffee, but I. And I d- it won't work with tea if there's. But you didn't have any uh, milk in there, so that's also another thing. There is some, some oh. milk, but not much. Oh, I really I'm like so sorry. Said, I'm just a regular gal. <laughs> Drink coffee. Drinking a coffee. <laughs> That's a good Tinder bio. <laughs> I like that. Dating profiles. That. <laughs> I need that. Um, do you, so you talk about yourself and, you know, your persona is not very different from you and you wear like your own clothes, basically. Do you think that makes you feel a bit more vulnerable on stage? Like after a gig, do you ever feel feel that vulnerability? Uh, I find uh, I actually I get uh, find strength from the vulnerability somehow, and that's um, and I notice that it's actually in in terms of relating um, 
comedy to everyday life in um not necessarily specifically with dating um it's made me so much more honest so like talking about the elephant in the room when it's happening just to be like oh I just said something that didn't make sense or like I can acknowledge it or I can be like oh I just did a really awkward thing or just like if something like I have a bad dating like something I have a bad date I'll come into work the next day and tell everyone exactly what happened and not bury it in shame and I'll be vulnerable in telling them like this or exactly specifically what happened and I think there's a very thin line between oversharing and like knowing the right space but like being vulnerable on stage I love it I love it and it's a weird thing to do but like I do I've done so much um personal development work which again talk about in my show and now on stage quite a bit um that has given me that's also helped me with the resilience side of things so that I can talk about it on stage I can make those things as a joke even the fact that I was able to just talk to you about what happened last week I think that I hope that that I want that to be my superpower because um I think everyone's got their own superpowers but I've worked really hard to to build that resilience and to understand myself better in order to process the things as they happen to me and if someone else hasn't had the tools to be able to do that which a lot of people haven't which is something that I feel very passionate about being able to make personal development stuff accessible to everyone um if they haven't had those I hope that me being able to talk about that um, helps them think about being able to talk about it or acknowledging a moment that's happened to them and have the strength to be able to think about it after I've spoken about it. I don't know if that makes sense. I think I lost yeah. my way a bit, but yeah. And um, yeah, I guess like sometimes hearing about like that kind of thing from a comedian wearing like a bright outfit means that that does open people's eyes to like what is out there and how they can like recover from their stuff you know sometimes like reading it on like a poster (laughs) like it's are you okay question mark picture of a sad person you know I find that when I see that I kind of walk past it whereas like yeah you're talking about like how you've managed to yeah I guess like find peace in yourself and or like yeah move through some things and you've worked it seems like you've worked hard on that I I have like I don't actually like I t- t- again I go through it in my show like I acknowledge all the things that happened and then some of the tools that I had to get past and that's why I say basic bitches and bastards guide to a breakdown because I then go through the pieces of advice that have helped me along the way some of them not so funny I've realized and like I'm still working on the show and I'm not done with this show it's like at the moment I feel like it's it, it's a really big part of me and I'm definitely not done with it seeing as this was my first Edinburgh show um and it wasn't even like a full um it wasn't even a full hour wasn't near an hour um but in it I tried to say I state like um different points um and how like they helped me so uh, so once again I say is everything is impermanent um which it is because at the time it was really horrible because I was having a and I refer to it as a lockdown breakdown but now I feel okay and strong enough to be able to talk to you about it and I say everything is permanent I, I everything is permanent I wanted to get that tattooed on myself but I thought oh that will be a permanent contradiction <laughs> so I love that idea is that of like a tattoo of that though because that right. is in like in those moments of real emotional stress it is that feeling of thinking am I going to feel like this forever that is the worst and then I always I try and remind myself I'm like remember everything that happened in the past I remember that one day you woke up and you weren't obsessing over this thing like for me, I get obsessed with like people that I date, exes and 
heartbreak and I feel like I spend 24 7 thinking about that one person like why didn't they love me why didn't they love me or like why didn't it work out why was I myself I was not good enough you know like I get like that obsessive compulsive thoughts and then one day I wake up and I'm not thinking of that person I probably found somebody else yeah and you but you want to when you're in that time of like lo- your thoughts are just looping um mm-hmm. going around and looping your mind it's you just want to be where you are once you found someone else or whatever you start thinking about <laughs> someone else but then yeah. it's but it's so real when it's happening because you're like will mm-hmm. I ever I'll go out of this loop will I ever be able to get past it and so like people don't acknowledge it when they do as well I find like you're so quick to being like why am I in this frame of mind I'm feeling so like if you're going through a bout of like depression if you're going, having a really tough time you're very quick to acknowledge it but I had um post Edinburgh and just like and around I think it was my birthday last this year I was feeling really good I had times when I was feeling really good and I and I made the point out of acknowledging it to be like I'm feeling really good right now hey I'm like and I would journal and I would be like okay these are the reasons that I'm feeling good you have to acknowledge it when you are feeling good because we're so quick to acknowledge it when we're feeling bad just to know that's a benchmark as to like okay I was um, I might not be feeling good again in the future so I need to remember that I was feeling good at this point yeah it's funny you say that because like after the fringe I definitely felt like that as well like where I realized how I'd felt for a year from like last August to like this August was not normal like I'd been like quite low mood for that time and like it felt like I was trying to overcome a lot of stuff and then suddenly it kind of lifted a bit and I was like that gratitude for not being in that headspace but also being like well I didn't realize how bad I felt until I felt normal you know when you suddenly feel normal and that gratitude for like the light coming in again I honestly it was like I felt like quite emotional and then going down to London to like gig and that's where I met you um was during that week and seeing all my family from England who I hadn't seen in like two years I I felt this like quite teary (laughs) emotional stuff of like I'd basically some stuff shifted it was amazing and like I wasn't obsessing over these exes like all these things I was in London and I was like you know and I did acknowledge (laughs) I was probably being really annoying like texting my friends like wow like I'm finally not thinking about that person or like I finally feel like things are moving and I'm like I am like you and that I I do acknowledge yeah (laughs) things are good yeah it's almost like uh I, when I was doing it, I sent a message to my, maybe similar to you, I sent a message to my girlfriends and I was just like, thank you so much for the support you've given me throughout the, like, because I lived on my own throughout all of the lockdown. So like their support was uh, so needed and they really, really supported me. And then after Edinburgh, I had, I felt like I was on such a high and I just messaged them being like, thank you so much. Because like in that moment when I was, I was like feeling those highs to, and acknowledging those highs because it's so, so important because we're just so yeah I mean as I don't know if it's all humans focusing on the negative but and then being left with a sense of gratitude is just so important yeah warms your soul what is your sort of plan going forward with your comedy with your outfits with your show um yeah so so this is um something that I've been sitting with since being back from Edinburgh how what three weeks ago two weeks ago three weeks ago I don't even know what, I honestly don't know what day is it what time weird. is it who am I <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with the world um the yeah so that is 
I'm going to keep working on this show. This show is my baby as far as I'm concerned right now. Um, I've also written a, uh, started writing, well, I've written a, a draft for a, a TV pilot. Um, both of those projects are very, uh, I, it's just down to me to work on them. So I'm looking forward to kind of working on both of those projects and getting them further from where they are. Like everything was focused on Edinburgh. Edinburgh was a huge goal for me that I was working towards. And when I, I reached it, I was like, I'm after my first show, I remember just crying to the audience and them just being like, okay, we're not a part of this. Like, it's just like <laughs> we just came to a show. You've got a bit emotional. <laughs> and then like, and then afterwards being oh like, oh, God. I did it. I did. I did Edinburgh. I did what I set out to do. And now it's like, okay, what's next? I actually have just got um, a rejection from a festival that I really wanted to do. I literally received the email about three hours ago and I'm still determined to keep trying them because they, yeah, that's the whole thing in itself. Cause with comedy, you receive a crazy amount of rejection. Um, and Edinburgh was my time to be like, right, I'm going to take full I'm going to figure out how I can do this myself. And I did all my previews at my workspace where I, where I work. They gave me, luckily they gave me space, um, uh, event space to use for free. So I kept on doing, putting on my own shows and I wasn't even charging people for them at the time because they were just work in progresses that was so rough. So my first show was me, uh, the first time I ever performed the, lockdown breakdown stuff with talk playing out the recording was me gathering friends and members who were who I would look after <laughs> into a room like of like 30 people and being like I'm gonna and I just doing it going in head wow. first which is mental in hindsight because friends fine but my members that I'm gonna see every day without any prep just playing <laughs> them my lockdown breakdown with them not even knowing me that well uh, and luckily like my um <clears throat> my work have been super super supportive but like with anything, sometimes you just, whatever rejection that you get, you've just got to kind of figure out how you can then do it yourself. The next phases are, I guess, up to me. Um, mm-hmm. At the moment, there's no one necessarily like depending on me, which is an exciting time, but also like it just means that you've really got to push yourself. So I've really got to push myself. Um, so let's see. Uh, I also I realized I, one thing that I didn't talk to you about, and I'm literally, I'm wearing it because it's so important um and I've made jokes about it on stage if we're talking about clothing so um the jumpsuit I'm wearing now and the jumpsuit that I um have worn on stage once or twice but it's like my baby my 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 jumpsuit um is because uh the reason it's so important to me is because my best friend designed it um so um so my my best friend makes jumpsuits uh she started doing it like six years ago now a long time ago now and uh, she made a prototype so the whole point of the jumpsuits is that they open um they are like long jumpsuits the most annoying thing about jumpsuits is when you can't um you have to take it to- you have to get totally naked when you pee that is a really annoying thing and so if someone accidentally comes in you're always like no 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 <laughs> like oh, into the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um which has happened to i'm sure a lot of us um jumpsuit wear a lot of us jumpsuit wearers um <laughs> And she designed a jumpsuit and has made a jumpsuit that opens at the butt. So you unzip it, like you, the whole top stays on, you unzip it and it flaps open at the butt. Um, and then you can pee. <laughs> Best thing in the world. And I, I even wrote a joke about it. I said, oh my God, you've got to call it flaps. Um, <laughs> which she didn't. No, she gave it a very professional name. They're called Liam Jumpsuits. But I talk about it on stage. Um, 
because I just think that they're the most amazing things in the world. And I also, like, there's an opportunity there to kind of spread an, a message. She's doing it for all the right reasons. They're all sustainably made, like, cool. and they're so, and I, I get, like, they're, and they're so um, nicely designed, but it just means they're also, like, super practical. But, yeah, so I um, like, talk about it on stage. But also this one, this one's called The Alex. She named it after me because I always wear jumpsuits. that is so cute. Um, How do you spell the name of the brand? Uh L-E-I-M. I Great. Think. Okay. So I need to find oh, the wow. Instagram. You've got a jumpsuit named after you. That's like when um there was a bag company that named a handbag after like Alexa Chung. Do you remember? Mulberry. That? Oh my god, yes. Ah that was Mulberry. such a time. That was a time. They had they named <laughs> like, them after all the it girls, didn't they? But the I, Alexa honestly, was a nice one. Did you ever want to be an it girl when you were like younger? Because I always wanted to be an it girl. It did seem like a nice life, hey? <laughs> Like, it just, it seemed like they were having a really good time getting into all the clubs, hanging out yeah. with all the pretty boys. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I say I don't know. Absolutely. Did I want <laughs> to be a yes To make me feel sure. less alone. Sure. Actually, I wanted to ask you one more thing. The and thing. that is... Different thing. Different thing. Not the it girl question again. <laughs> <laughs> Did I want to be an it girl? Yeah, I want to be... I was like growing because I was just thinking about influencers when I was a kid. Like I was influenced by everything. Same. I like I magazines. Did you read a lot of <sighs> magazines as a kid? We're going to London to buy Heat magazine. Heat magazine. Like, <laughs> I, um, I was obsessed with all those magazines, and I actually think, like in hindsight, God, like when if I talk about uh, growing up, and if I think I always did want hippie parents because, like, which is such a you always want what you don't have. But, like, I was just so swayed by everything. Like, if I saw something cool in a magazine, I would be like, I'm going to wear that. I wore Ugg boots. I did the... I went with all the trends. And I think now I don't read magazines as much. Like, And I try not to listen to... I, I try not to go on social media as much. But most of my social media now is for is comedy because I have two my social media for comedy, which I predominantly use um, because... I don't like social media because I feel like I'm being brainwashed half the time but you need it sometimes especially for what we do I think that it can be a a very useful tool do you think you'll wear your fringe outfit post fringe because some people kind of think I can't wear this ever again definitely the the Mm. the just to describe you described it before I mm-hmm. bought it in Australia with, I went to Australia to visit my best friend, moved over there three years ago and I was able to see it for the first time in May this year. And we went on a really long shopping spree where when I say shopping spree, she went shopping. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't buy anything because I um, at that point had very little money left. And we went to this one shop right at the end and I was like, I've given up. You've bought the most fabulous clothes. You look great in all of them. And like, I think I was really happy for her. But at the same time, I was like, I want to buy nice clothes. Um, and <laughs> just nothing was right. Like, And I approached buying clothes differently now. But right right at the end of... Because it's got a... Like, I used to just buy clothes for the sake of it. And now I think, like, it's... When buying clothes, either, if it's not... If you think about the planet and also if you think about yourself and, like, the amount of disposable income that I no longer have, um, I really need it to to tick loads of boxes like it needs to make me feel good and I want it um therefore like look I think it looks good 
Um, it needs to, I, I don't want it to be too expensive. I also need to think about cost per wear. So practicalities in that. Can I wash it? This, that and the other. And the last shop that we went into was where I found my Edinburgh outfit. It was trousers. And then we, um, which was like these uh, pastel kind of uh like different toned pastel trousers with then the matching top and I was like oh, I love this so much and it was a shop <laughs> for kids it was actually it was like for young people I um I need to remember the name of the brand right now is what I need to it's called Gander anyway so the the, the clothes the, it's called Gander sorry yes um and I just remember when I found it I was like this is I didn't know what it was but I was like this is it I don't know what it is but this is it um just made me feel really good and I was just like oh this is gonna this is the most exciting outfit I've found in so long and that feeling nothing beats that I I love shopping (laughs) as well but like I think like when you find something that you feel good in it's not like absolutely killed your wallet and you're like I'm gonna get a lot of wears I'm gonna get a lot of wear out of this I'm gonna feel like a million dollars when I wear it like that's the golden outfit sometimes people say I'm literally never wearing my fringe outfit again that was just me three years ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you say some people that was some people was actually people. me three years but yeah um well thank you so much for coming on funny looks and telling me about your clothes vibes yes I'm a very eloquent host um <laughs> I like um if people want to follow you and check out your work what is your social media vibes um social media vibes are at alex I'm just on instagram at Alex Mandel Dalal. Uh, Alex spelled with two A's because that's how I spell my name now in Kamaday. Um, a, I don't know why I said Kamaday. Who speaks like that? <laughs> um, so that's A A L E X M A N D E L D A L L A L. I've spelled it out for listeners. Thanks. I like um, how you are on your Instagram. It's Delol. Delol. Like, as a joke. But I thought I was going to accidentally introduce you, like saying that name. And I was like, just remember it. That's a joke. That's in like a profile. That's not actually how you say a name. Alex Mandel Delol. So silly. So <laughs> Giving you all the lols and all the high fashion vibes on the feed. I recommend you follow Alex for positive vibes. Yay. And fashion inspo. Alex is not going to be influenced by you on Instagram, but you can be influenced by Alex. I will be. Just a disclaimer, I will absolutely be influenced by you on Instagram. <laughs> Love that. I'll be back at some point in the future with uh, cool fashion vibes. Clothes, clover, gum, stuff. Clothes, clover, I can't get enough, no. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's a podcast talking to performers about the clothes they wear. It's a podcast talking to performers about the clothes they wear. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. this podcast then please subscribe on apple podcasts and spotify subscribe on both and uh leave a good review leave a five star review please leave a five star review and say um you can leave a review saying yeah 
really chill and functional podcast. It really stuck to the theme of clothes and there were really no tangents at all. Really stuck to the theme. Anyway, have a good day and thank you so much for listening.